This is Pine Tarnation. Pine Tarnation. This is every kid's this dream. Is every kid's dream. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom Base is loaded. Base three two counts. Three two counts. Never again will you see Never a player again. this good. Hey, Pine Tar Nation, this is Gonzo here, your host, with your co-host, Ricky V. Say what's up. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, um, this is our debut in podcasting. We are excited. We are ready. We are ready to go. Baseball, 100%. Today, we have so much to talk about. We're excited. We're ready. Um, you know, there's so many topics, but um, in this in this episode here, we're going to talk about the Padres and the rivalry that's building between them and the Dodgers. You know, the Padres made so many moves, and the Dodgers ended up countering with Trevor Bauer. What do you think about that? Well, um, of course, I'm excited that we're doing a podcast. Um, you know, um, I hope this uh, bean and cheese burrito doesn't come back to haunt me. Because um, at least not during the podcast. At least not during the podcast, because if not, you're gonna record some things that you probably don't want to hear in the podcast. Yes, sir. And other than that, uh, when it comes to this so-called rivalry, is it though? Is it a rivalry? I understand that the Padres are good, but at the end of the day, it's not like the Padres have done anything to the Dodgers to really consider it a rivalry, right? True. But um, but but when you say is it really a rivalry, right? A rivalry doesn't really mean that one team or they're both the same level of talent, right? It it just means that when they play against each other, it's enjoyable to watch. It's it's a competition every single time. Yeah. But um well, I mean, they sure seems exciting because as what was it, a couple of days ago, Justin Turner said that um, it is going to be a World Series game 19 times this year because that's how many times the Dodgers are going to play the Braves 19 times. So that means we're going to watch 19 very intense games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you say? And Justin Turner said yeah. against who? The Braves? No, sorry. Did I say Braves? I mean the Padres. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I never. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard what he said. I just, I just yeah, thought yeah, it was Justin, weird. Yeah, right. My bad. Justin Turner said because I asked him about the Padres. And the moves that they made, and he said that 19 games, 19 times against the Padres, um, is each game is pretty much going to be like a World Series game. And, and that's what I mean. That's exciting. And that's what I mean. Yes, yeah. Because you said that the Padres and the Dodgers don't have a rivalry because the Padres not are still yet. not I still, good enough. I still don't. I still don't believe it. They haven't done anything. You get swept in the playoffs. It, it, I think for the Dodgers, it's not a rivalry. The Padres want to make it into a rivalry, and they can this year. I believe. 2021, it can be, but you never know. I look at the end of the day. Okay, the Padres went to go get Blake Snell, you darkish, right? That's what makes them good. Lament, Clevenger, Clevenger's done. Don't don't, don't even mention him. Lament, who knows what's going on with that guy? And um, obviously, the Padres still have a good a good team, um, a good starting staff. Uh, okay, bullpen, but is you darkish and Blake Snell the answer? To the Dodgers and actually make it competitive. Is that the answer? Because let's say, okay, they're going to play 19 times, right? And they could go 8 to 8, right? That'd be exciting, 8 to 8. But what if the Dodgers win 12 and the other ones win, I don't know, 6 or whatever? I'm not good at math because, you know, I didn't go to school. But the point is, if the Padres don't give the Dodgers a good answer, then it's not going to be a rubber. It's just another season against the Padres. Okay, okay, but listen, okay. If but, the hold Padres... but hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I get what you're saying, but in baseball, in a whole season, you're talking about a full season, 
if mm-hmm. the Padres lose half more than half, uh, say they lose uh, three quarters of the games uh, that they play against right. the Dodgers, that, that doesn't mean that they're a weaker team. I mean, you, you could be the best team in the world and you your series against the Marlins goes sour. You know, it doesn't mean that the Marlins are better than the best team in, in the whole MLB. It just means that in that series, they ended up winning for so many different reasons, right? It could be injuries. It can be maybe maybe the manager wasn't playing certain players because they were giving him rest. You know, there's so many variables to this. So I just, like you said, Justin Turner talked about how the Padres is going to feel like a World Series game every single time with the Padres. And I think it's because of that. The idea that the Padres are making a push. Are they better? I think, let's clear this up. I think what you're saying is that the Padres need to show that they're as good as the Dodgers this season in order for them to even become a rivalry, right? Not that they're not good enough now. I think I think the Padres are the best competition over the Dodgers, right? But you're also going to understand, the Dodgers run right now started with who? Arizona. Where's Arizona at now? There was never a rivalry with Arizona. That was just the best team in the West that they were going up against. Yeah, but it, it wasn't a rivalry. But it wasn't really. The but see, there's a difference between Arizona and San Diego, right? Because Arizona, the only real conflict they had was when, um, who was it? The, when they won the playoffs, they, they made it into the playoffs and they, and they jumped the into pool. a pool. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I think that's the only reason there was any tension. You're talking about the Padres right. with Manny Machado. You're talking about all these youngsters with all these... Uh, this flair right Manny Machado he probably never paid up but you've seen that video on on, on YouTube where he betted yes. the fan his whole contract that they'll win a World Series before the Dodgers anyways the point is I doubt he paid up but the point is no, of course not you know things like that make it a rivalry things when they make it personal in the playoffs who was it uh, a Gratterall and um it was Machado right where no yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah. he was Machado is the one that uh was hurting down there but um but the point it is was, uh, it was a whole bunch of people but it made it personal it wasn't just about the Padres or the Dodgers it was personal and now I think that's what becomes a rivalry because when it becomes player versus player or or it, when it becomes emotional like that and and they both want to win they both have the team to win and I think the goal this year is for each team to be better than the other regardless of what the stats say right because I, I think um if you look at the stats, especially with the Dodgers picking up Trevor Bauer, which was, I think, over the top, I don't think that needed to be done. But the the point is, is that it happened maybe to counter what the Padres have been doing. What you think about that? Okay, okay. I'm going to describe to you the best way that I can about this rivalry, right? Okay, this is the best way I can do it. Okay, now you have... This very big guy, right? Very big guy. And you got somebody that's smaller. And the big guy is looking at him like, who are you? Right? Who are you? But this guy must be a, might be a legit fighter. But at the end of the day, the big guy is like, eh, this is nothing. This is nothing. And I think what happened with the Padres last year, that little small guy, obviously referenced the Padres gave that big guy a push and they realized oh I think I might consider taking this guy seriously because the way he pushed me he's a lot stronger than he looks do you understand what I'm talking about I think that's what the Dodgers are right now so you're saying okay oh wait a minute wait a minute you're saying like the story of David and Goliath except Goliath still won right now he's winning yeah right they won the World Series. They beat him. They swept so, them in the playoffs. So okay, they're okay. winning right now. I think I understand what you're saying. So the Dodgers picking up somebody like Trevor Bauer is not underestimating the Padres. I don't think so Cause, because because in the stories of David and Goliath, and we have a I could, in the top of my head, I have a couple. Right, you have Troy. You have um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever seen Royce Gracie or Hoist Gracie. Yes, uh-huh. he, you know he uh-huh. was small. They underestimated him. There's um, the David and Goliath story in itself, right? It was underestimated. The young, the little one ended up winning, right? Because it was underestimated what their abilities were. And I think, you know, you brought this point up is that getting somebody like Trevor Bowers is not underestimating the, the smaller opponent. Not that the Pirates are not good enough to be a big, a big team, 
It's just okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Are the Padres better than the Dodgers without Trevor Bauer? If the Dodgers never got Trevor Bauer, are the Padres still better than them? Well, I look at it in so many different ways. Are they a better in-season team or a playoff team? Like, there's so many different ways to look at a team, right? And, and the way I look at this one is, I think this year, um, the, I actually, I think it even was last year, the Dodgers are just an overall better team than any team in the MLB, and and if you look at if you look at their overall roster, who's coming up as prospects, who they have in the bullpen, who they've been picking up, how they make these acquisitions, and who's playing on the field, their team is just overall better. It's not, you know, there's not so many specific areas where they're better than everybody else, but I think that's what makes them better. Now, experience matters, right? They've been in the playoffs so many times. I think that actually makes a difference. Um, and the Padres are young. They're young. I think the, the oldest guy they have in the team was Machado, right? Oh, yeah, um, Eric Hosmer. Hosmer, too. Yeah, he's there, old, too. Old man Hosmer. Yep. Which I have a complaint about him, but we'll talk about that right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, I think, I think think regardless if they had Trevor Bauer now, I think the Dodgers are still better. Um, but then again, they won the World Series last year without Trevor Bauer, right? So that... Yes. By definition, and they're a better team. Okay, let's not let, let's also not forget that they also won the World Series without David Price. So the Dodgers are now not only okay, the Dodgers starting rotation last year. Yes, it was sixty games, but the start the Dodgers starting rotation was the best in baseball pretty much. Yes. That was including a Walker Bueller that had a blister all season. Uh that's a Clayton Kershaw. That was Dustin May. That was Tony Gonsolin. That was Julio Urias. That was Ross Stripling before he got traded. So you had three young guys and two veteran guys, in which one of them was pretty much uh, not even 100%. And that, and yet, they were able to hold it down. Now, you're getting, um, so far, spring training just started. It's been about a week already. And um, they're getting a healthy Kershaw. They're getting a healthy Walker Bueller. Um... Now they're adding Trevor Bauer. Then they're adding David Price, which is, and everybody's healthy because I don't even remember that David Price had that that wrist injury. Now he wasn't even feeling some fingers. That's okay now. So all of a sudden, three starters from the last rotation from last year are not going to fight for one spot. You're getting a ex Cy Young. You're getting the reigning Cy Young. You have a three-time Cy Young, and you have another guy that's a potential Cy Young in that rotation. Now, obviously, obviously, uh, you have the Padres that have an ex-Cy Young, right, and Blake Snell. You Darvish, um, I don't think, I don't think he's going to be able to win a Cy Young. Well, but see, but see, okay, he might he might not win a Cy Young, right? But did Trevor Bauer? Is Trevor Bauer a Cy Young Award winner? The way he was last year, I don't think so. You know, so so they both acquired someone that maybe overdid their whole potential. Like you, Darvish. I, I, don't wanna, I, I I would agree on that. It weren't for the if it weren't for his playoff start against the Braves. If I if I didn't think Trevor Bauer was a Cy Young contender, I kind of just tend back. Okay, how did he perform in the playoffs? And boy, did he perform in the playoffs against the Braves of all of all people. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. Then again, you can't really, you can't really. Um, not only that, you know, not only that, you could also go off of um, pitching, right? Um, who had the best fastball spin rate? Trevor Bauer last year. Who had the best slider spin rate? Trevor Bauer last year. So obviously, he has the best fastball no, no, in the no. game right now, no, no, no. and the best slider in the game. I'm not saying Trevor so, Bauer is not a good pitcher. I'm saying that right. that Trevor Bauer outperformed what he had in his whole career. And same with you, Darvish, right? But you, Darvish, did have a couple seasons where he performed the, uh, similar to what he performed last year. Trevor, I mean, remember, you, Darvish, got second place in the Cy Young voting behind Trevor Bauer. And um, the reason why I bring this up is because you discredited you, Darvish, being with the Padres. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, it's just, it's just, you, Darvish, was good, and he's been on a decline since then. Well, Since he pretty much was with the Dodgers, like he hasn't been really, really good. Well, you Darvish and... never had a problem with what he, what he can do. 
his problem was always control. That was it. If he could control what he had, you Darvish was always a great pitcher. He he's still a great pitcher. You know, so so him coming to the Padres, I don't think he declines as much as you think he will. So in other words, I get what you're saying about the Dodgers and having all these pitchers come back and healthy. But at the end of the day, I think that's the only factor. I don't think the factor is that the Dodgers rotation will outperform the Padres by a shitload. I think I think that the Padres are still going to hold their own. Um, well, the yes, only the thing Padres, holding the them back will be there. The, the only thing holding them back is injury, right? Clevenger, Lamette, because those two, if those two were healthy, obviously they're not. But if they were, you know, the Padres have pretty much the same rotation as the Dodgers, honestly. You know, it, it doesn't really change things. But like you said, they the Dars are healthy. The Padres are not, at least fully healthy, right? So, anyways, okay, well, let me let me give you another question before we head over to a different subject, which is the person that we really ain't talking about right now. It's Blake Snell. Yeah. Obviously, we saw what happened in the playoffs. Yeah. But but worst thing I've ever seen is is Blake Snell going to pitch? the way he did his Cy Young. Because ever since his Cy Young, he hasn't been in that same caliber anymore. It's not like he had his last season, 20, 2019 wasn't phenomenal. Neither was 2020, except for pretty much those, the the, the playoff start, starts against the Dodgers. And now, now if they're saying like, oh, he pitched good against the Dodgers, let's get him to pitch against the Dodgers. Well, now he's most likely going to pitch against the Dodgers they're probably going to see him, what, three, four, maybe five times, depending on where he lands, right? And then all of a sudden, you expect him to go into the playoffs and shut him down. I don't know about you, but it's hard to say there's a pitcher out there that has the Dodgers number. And now you're bringing in Blake Snell for the answer against the Dodgers. And now you're going to let the Dodgers see him multiple times before they get into the playoffs. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, I get you. Um, let me ask you a question really quick. A simple question. Are the Padres going to make the playoffs, yes or no? Uh, of course. Yes. I believe the Padres are going to be the number one seed in the wild card. I, I don't see them t- overtaking the Dodgers well, in the yeah. West. But, okay, with that answer, with that question answered, now, and, and this is the way I look at it. If a team is going to make the playoffs at a high percentage, right, their percentage is maybe over 80% that they make the playoffs. Now, if they make the playoffs, wouldn't you as a GM or as an owner say, okay, if my team is going to make the playoffs, why wouldn't I get pieces to complement myself and get ready for the playoffs, not during the season? Now, well, the, yes, the, the, luxury, the luxury that, that the Padres have is that Kevin Cash is not there, right? If Kevin Cash was in the Padres organization, Blake Snell gets pulled too early, and the Padres lose the series. They, they don't have that here at the Padres, you know? So I think that's a plus for the Padres. Blake Snell is not there to become the ace of the rotation. You Darvish is expected to become the ace of the rotation because Lamette is not there. Now, with that being said, you Darvish and Blake Snell, in my eyes, are there to provide veteran help in the rotation for a long season. They need them there to pitch every fifth or sixth day for they can make it to the playoffs and be ready for when that happens. I don't think the Padres are playing this in a different in a different way. I don't think they're playing it to see if they make it to the playoffs. And by them knowing that, their goal is just to get there. They have the offense and they have the pitching now. Let's say in the second half of the season, the um, the Padres have Lamette back or Clevenger. I'm not 100% sure what their injuries are like, but let's say they are ready to go. Then what happens to that rotation? What happens to the Padres going into the playoffs, which we know they're going to make it? You know, what happens to them then? And I think that's how they're looking at it. But anyways... You know, let's move on to a different subject. Um, the Padres-Dodgers rivalry is going to be pretty exciting. It's going to be um, something that we all are going to enjoy. Can't wait for the first game. Can't wait for the last game. You know, the whole season is going to be exciting for, for those two teams. 
But um, let's move over to the East. I think we're going to stick over to the National League still. We're going to move over to the East with the Braves um, because they're a similar team like the Padres. I think they, they're moving the same pieces. They, they have a top organization. And there's another team there that are almost did the same thing the Padres did this year. They're doing everything they can to make sure they make the playoffs and be able to compete against a team like the Braves. And that is the Mets. What you think about that? It's crazy that um, this is happening. Like, uh, he literally just bought the Mets and then just started buying baseball players, literally. Um, getting trades. So they got, what did they get? They got Lindor. They got Carrasco. Uh, that means their hitting was okay already. Now he put Lindor in there way better um now all of a sudden you got carrasco right behind the grom and all of a sudden this mets organization just it just looks ready it looks ready um obviously they um the last couple years it seemed like they were close right i mean and then all of a sudden they kind of just drop off and then by they're eliminated like there's no playoff picture. I don't see it this time around. Um, the Mets, the Mets, are in the same position as I want to say. I want to say as the Padres are, not 2020, but 2019. That's that's the best way I can put this. The Mets in the are the 2019 Padres right now, where they made moves, but it doesn't guarantee anything. At the end of the day, you got to go out there and play. At the end of the day, you have to go out there and beat the Braves. Okay, so now are the Mets good enough to beat the Braves? They can. Yeah, of course, you could be you could be anybody any given day. But now, not only are the Braves still good, they got Osuna back. Let's see how he does out there in the outfield. And also, uh, they got Soroka back, right? So they got Soroka, Freed, Anderson, and they got Morton as well. Against Degrom, Carrasco, Lindor, all those guys, you know Thor, Stroman, and now we're talking about are the Mets better than the Braves, and can they dethrone the Braves or at least make a playoff run and make it to the playoffs? Because at the end of the day, even if you don't put the Braves, can you beat the second seed of the wild card because I don't think the Mets are better than the Padres. So most likely the Padres are going to have the number one seed. Somebody's going to be number two, and that's where the Mets come in. And they can, they can. Yeah, I, I, I think last year I actually um, had the Mets above the Braves. Now the way I was looking at this was what they had on the field, and I was comparing stats player by player. Mm -hmm. That's how I was looking at it. Right. I, I didn't look at I didn't look at, you know, potential. I just looked at what they did last the year before and what the projection was for that specific year. Now, this year, imagine if I had the Mets above the Braves and this is because Soroka was down. This was because they didn't have the Braves don't have they didn't have the pitching. They didn't have it. You know, this year, I think the Braves did a good move in getting Charlie Morton. Why? Because the Braves keep relying on these rookies, right? They they relying on now they're relying on Ian Anderson. You mm -hmm. you should have seen in the playoffs, right? The Braves should have won that series anyways, right? They they messed it up. They did some very um, very bad fundamental plays that should have been made correctly. But the point is they lost. They should have won, but they didn't. And I just think they rely on the rookies way way too much, and. You know, picking up somebody like Charlie Morton is is more than just his arm. You're picking up experience. You're picking up someone that can guide these youngsters over to the next level, right? Max Freed um, is getting there, right? I think that's their ace right now. Soroka's coming back, so we're going to have to see how he's doing. Ian Anderson is not someone they should rely on. Why? Because he's a youngster. He did good because no one understood who he was yet. Coming into the season, he's going to have to prove that he can adapt to the uh, other teams, the other league. Um, he's going to have to adapt to it. If he can't, well, obviously, the end of he's going to struggle. If he could, then he shows. At the end of the day, Anderson will be shows. the number four guy regardless. So, 
the, the number the number you're yeah yeah for right. sure but see these are just are youngsters once. but see if they if they didn't yeah but they, if they didn't pick up somebody like morton yeah. now you're talking he's a number three and if you have somebody like ian anderson as your number three then that's when you're in trouble as a braves organization right they have the talent to make it to the playoffs but then they go to the playoffs and they don't have the talent enough to make it to the world series now picking up somebody like morton i think that's what helps out right max freed soroka anderson I mean, Kyle Wright doesn't look that good. Um, he has so much potential as well. And they just lost. Uh, uh, and they just lost Melanson. And I know they Melanson's have Melanson's no longer there. Yeah, he's no longer there. But you know, I think the Braves have enough bullpen arms to to hold, especially with this rotation, if they use them correctly, right? And if they stay healthy. The Mets, on the other hand, um, what I like about them so much. I mean, any team would be excited to have Degrom on their team, right? DeGrom is hands down probably one of the best pitchers in the league for the past couple of years. And there's no way you can tell me any player, any pitcher on the team of the Braves is better than DeGrom. No, I will take DeGrom. So DeGrom takes that. That's what I'm saying. So DeGrom takes that easy, right? You have Stroman, you have Thor, you have Carrasco. Now, these are all pitchers that have been inconsistent, injury prone. Um, Stroman has actually been pretty consistent the past couple of years. Um, he hasn't been the ace type pitcher that everyone thought he would be, but the point is he's consistent enough and experienced enough to be in a rotation like the Mets that upgraded their offense to help these pitchers. Not just offense, defense. I mean, they had um, uh, Rosario at short, so it's not like they're they didn't gain too too much defensively um, and offensively. It's just Lindor. I think his enthusiasm is what is what he's bringing over to the Mets, and just you know Lindor is just a special player, so. I think that's what he's bringing over, um, you know, but having that experience, having that veteran presence like the Mets did is the same thing how I was saying about the um, the Padres, how they brought in help to help these younger guys. And I think that's what the Mets also did. Um, they have the bullpen pieces. They have veteran bullpen pieces in the in the in the bullpen that that are good enough to already compete against the Braves. They have the offense to compete. So it's just a matter of about who has the more complete team and who can actually make runs and stop runs as a team, not just as one individual player. Cause DeGrom can't do it himself. And obviously you've seen that all year in and year out. He cannot do it himself. Can the ownership this year that started buying and trading, can he put a team together that can help DeGrom out? Is this the year the Mets overtake the Braves? Right. If 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 they were going to a playoff series today, I will have to pick the Braves over the Mets. Right. Only because I think the Mets are another starting pitcher away from getting there. Now, obviously, they still got trade. Right. You still got the the Mets season trade, and um, they could probably all of a sudden go get somebody, or we could, all of a sudden you get the resurgence of, of Thor. You know, or, or, or Carrasco just has one of those seasons because he is inconsistent, but he is capable of being that guy. And we've seen it a couple of times, so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, is this a rivalry? No, because remember, remember, just like I said, I see this. I see the I see the Mets as the 2019 Padres. It wasn't a, it's not a rivalry. It wasn't a rivalry in 2019 when it was against the Padres, Padres and Dodgers. All we knew is that the Padres got better that's it but they weren't good enough yet now they did some damage they were they were there and all of a sudden what happened towards the end they just fell apart right because they, it's going to happen in order for you to build a team and not you can't do it in one year you got to do it in one two three if you have the money you'll do it in two three years by the third year you should be in the playoffs already competing like big time and i think that's where the the, the mets are at the mets are probably most likely going to make the playoffs because their team is too good but are they better than the Braves I don't think so are they better than the Padres I don't think so and of course um, they're not better than the Dodgers the Grom so you're saying the Mets are not there yet to compete against a team that is ready to me I think the Braves so you're saying so you're saying the Mets are not a World Series team until what? No, until, until they, can the, prove they, can until they have more, more pitching. I think pitching is what's holding them back. Well, 
Yes. Well, they picked up pitching. But that's they got Carrasco. They yes. got Thor back, and Stroman is okay, there. Yes, Degrom is there. That's four. Degrom for sure is set in stone, right? But Carrasco, Thor, and Stroman are not. They're not. What about what about that rookie, uh, David? Like Pierce? you said, you can't count on rookies. Well, yeah, but I'm saying I'm okay. I get you, but you don't need David Peterson to to win, beat beat the other team in the playoffs. You don't need him to do that. You have Degrom for that. You have Strowman. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Let me let me if, ask you this. If Strowman and Degrom, um, if the Mets went to a series right now against the Braves, do you really think that the Mets are capable of beating the Braves of three out of five or four out of seven? With the pitching that they have against the pitching over here, I think so. I, I think so. I think so because the only real threat that the Braves have is Max Freed. Like I said, Ian Anderson is not reliable. Um, Soroka, we need to see how he comes back from this. No one says that Soroka is not good enough to come back and compete the way he did his first year. But remember, that was the first year that anyone saw him pitch. He is a pitcher. Soroka is a pitcher. So there's no doubt in my mind that he is going to be able to um, relive his first year. But remember, you still have yes. to do the adjustment. I, you I still need to do come the back healthy Because he didn't hurt nothing. He, it was, I believe it was a, it was a, um, his, uh, something wrong with his ankle. I don't remember what it was. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a shoulder injury or or elbow or, or or back or anything like that. It was something wrong with his foot. I don't remember what it was. It was a while back. Um, but I believe if you get the top three guys, who is who is the one, two, three guy from the Mets? Obviously, you got Degrom, you got Carrasco. Who's your number three? Is 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 it Thor? I, I think is it, it depends, and I think it's the same thing with the. I think it's the same. No, I think it's I the same with so the Braves I don't think Mets, so. right? Who I don't, I don't, who takes the spot? I don't think so. I think so it's about I who think takes it goes, the spot. I think it's gonna go either Freed with the combination of two or three of Moore and Soroka. Each one could be two or three, and so, so that's what I'm saying. So those, yeah, yeah. but we know we can we can say exactly who the one, two, three guys are for the Braves, but you can't do that with the Mets. You can only say number one. Who who yeah, is number three? Who is number three? Yeah, I can. If 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 they're healthy, if they're healthy, it's um, Degrom, Strowman, and then Thor. If they're healthy, well, no, I, I don't know. If Car it's because Carrasco's for I'm sure saying. always hurt. But if it, Carrasco's but healthy, there's if Carrasco's healthy, that fool could throw up. That he could throw up 15 yes, he K's can, in one course. game. He easy. can. That's the thing, though. There's too many ifs in this rotation. Too many ifs. Thor's been hurt. I think Thor on both rotations, hurt. though. Uh, Strowman has been very consistent. Uh, Carrasco, same thing. Let's not even talk about the rookie right now because at this point, he doesn't even matter. You only have one guy you can rely on. Max Fried has no injury to history. Neil does Charlie Morton. Like I said, Soroka didn't get hurt because of his pitching. He got hurt on a little freak accident. So there, it's not like these guys are injury prone. And Anderson, the same thing. Now... Well, the question the question you asked me was if they were to yes. play a playoff series today, can the Mets beat the yes. Braves? Obviously, said, yes. in the scenario. Now, if we go if we go through if we go through a whole series, I mean, whole season, and you know the wear and tear of every pitcher, and you go into the the playoffs after 162 games, and you tell me well, then, yeah, of course, because it's going to change. Know. We we understand this. We understand that month every month everything's going to change. Uh, Thor goes down. Hopefully he doesn't. You know, Carrasco goes down. Hopefully he doesn't. You know, all these players have so many things they have to go through through a whole season in order to be effective in the playoffs. And the hope is that they're all healthy. That's the yeah. only thing a team can do. Let's get these players because they have the potential of being this during the season and in the playoffs. And hopefully they make it healthy enough to me be there to be able to perform the way they're supposed to. And I think that the the Mets rotation not the overall team because we understand that the Braves are a better team that the Mets rotation have what it takes to be better than the Braves rotation if healthy if the the Mets rotation is healthy at the end of the season the Mets rotation is better that's a fact 
you cannot compare Soroka's work against Carrasco's work when he's healthy. Maybe, like maybe it's just, it's just, it's just at no the end way. of the day, I There's just, no way. I, don't, I like the Braves because it's the same thing I said before. There's no ifs, and I would take that over anything any day. It's uh, I know these guys are going to be healthy and they're going to be good by the time playoffs start. We don't know about the Mets, and there's just too many ifs, too many ifs in New York. And, and I think, but see, that, that's that's good to have ifs, right? Because we understand that the Braves, we, we ta- we're taking the yes, Braves taking to win the, the East. Yes. So we understand that the Braves are a superior, we, we understand that the Braves are a superior team than the Mets at this moment. You know, all I'm saying is that if the Mets can make it to the end of the season fully healthy with the players they have and they perform the way they've been performing their whole careers because... Remember, the Mets have veterans. DeGrom, Stroman, Carrasco, Thor. These are guys that have been in the league for a long time. So these guys have that experience already. And that's the only downfall I think I, I see on the Braves side is that they're too young. Max Freed is stepping up. Max Freed is stepping up, though. With Charlie Morton there, I think that's what takes the Braves to the next level. That's why, the, to me, the Braves are still a better team than the Mets at this moment. Now... Let's get off that subject. Let's talk about the rest of the teams. I mean, we can't discount everyone else, right? Nobody really else matters. Okay. Yes, but hold on. But hold on. But hold on. Don't don't think that the Nationals are going anywhere. They still have Strasburg and they still have Scherzer. Their offense is not a a laughing joke. You know, like the, the, the Nationals are a really good team. Then we have the Phillies. That re-signed Real Muto, I mean, he got hurt. I think he had like a fractured thumb or something. But they signed Real Muto. I don't think they have the pitching. But Nova, what is his name? Ivan Nova yep. or what's his name? Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it right? Okay. Well, he actually did good last year. He was very inconsistent two years ago. And he was he came back to his normal self last year. If he could, if he could stay their ace, he can hold that down and, and make – a run for the Phillies to make it into a wild card spot. I, I really believe that. I really believe that the Phillies have okay, well, it, has well, what it takes. And the Nationals are good. The Nationals well, are really good. Okay. Um, how was it last year? Because I believe they are going to have, what, um, three division winners, right? So then you're going to have two wild card spots as of today, because they, as far as I know, they're still fighting in the extended, right? Because they haven't agreed to the extended playoffs yet, or they're so they're not. Yeah, it's still I'm not, not sure. there. But as to, to today, you got three wild card. Sorry, you got three division and two wild card spots. If we agree to what we have been talking about, so two wild card spots are already taken by the Braves. I mean, sorry, by the Padres and the Mets. And then you got the Dodgers and the Braves. So right now it's just a bit depends who wins the Central. So to me, I don't think the Nationals. I'm not saying they're completely out the book, but I don't think they make it to the playoffs because the Mets got better and the Braves are just too good to be to be they like either they're gonna overthrow the Braves and I don't think it's possible. Um, the Phillies, same thing. I don't think the Phillies are number four in my book. Uh, I think it was Braves, Mets, Nationals, uh, Phillies, and then Miami, fortunately, has to go back down. Um, but it's just, I don't see the Phillies. The Phillies have have been playing pretty much like 500 ball since they started making this team. And for them to all of a sudden get to 90 wins, I don't see it. Same thing with the, same thing with the Nationals. Yes, they have Strasburg. Yes, they have um, Scherzer. They have Corbin. They still have those three guys. But I just don't see them beating the Mets or beating the Braves. So I don't think the Nationals are going to make it to the playoffs. Yes, there are going to be some good games in there, especially. It's always fun to watch Scherzer versus DeGrom. Like, that's always a fun game. And you always see, you know, all these. um, There there are going to be some good games. But. I just don't see them making playoffs. Uh, if it stays like this, obviously, all of a sudden, halfway to the team, like, oh, we're going to have extended playoffs, then I can see them making it to the playoffs. That's a different story. But as of right now, that the fact that we have three divisions and two wild card spots that are pretty much already taken by the Mets and the Padres in our book, 
that leaves the Nationals and the Phillies out of it. I thought they were That's trying to expand, it, but, but expand see, it more. See, they're, they're trying to like expand the it. But the whole thing about the DH is what's kind of like just holding it back. This is kind of weird right now. That's this whole CBA thing, you know, is gonna, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode that we have to do on. But this is too many, too many hard heads everywhere. So they're trying to they're trying to expand it to where there's more yes. wild card teams that make it. And therefore, the for the best team in the in the specific league gets a, like a buy type of thing, right? But the Players Association okay. wants um, the DH included as well, but they don't want to include the DH because the owners make more money because more TV viewing, more, you know, more more fans get there, and if they allow fans, more money being made, you know, that stuff. But if you put the DH, that means you have to play, you have to pay more for players to fill in that spot for the hitter, right? Because all of a sudden, people like like uh, Justin Turner would probably got more money. Osuna probably would have got more money. Um, Nelson Cruz would probably got more money. Like all these guys that could hit but don't have a really a position, all of a sudden their value goes up. So that means spending more money. So I'm, we're, I'm obviously I'm assuming this is the case. Um, but yeah. I mean, I, I believe the Nationals still have a chance. I don't know what happened to them last year, honestly. They completely fell off. It was one of those things I was watching, and I just couldn't believe it. You know, you they have they have three pitchers that are legit. They have Scherzer, Strasburg, well, and Patrick Corbin. I mean, that's what that's, that's pretty much what one of them. I mean, think about think yeah, about their low. top three. Well, yeah, but yeah, think about that really good. Good. Think about those three. Compare them. Compare them to another team. What other team has three pitchers like that? And if you do name one. They're a top team oh, in the easy. MLB. You know, you got Bueller, Kershaw, right? Trevor Bauer. <laughs> yeah. And then, but that's. But I'm saying, but I'm saying you're comparing them to a team that's top tier. So why aren't the Nationals top tier? Why did they fall off they, last year so got, much? You got to remember, like, they don't have Rendon anymore. Yeah, but that doesn't, they have Soto. Soto is one of the best offensive players in the whole, but you also gotta in the remember, whole league. You also got to remember. Like, hands down. Rendon and Soto went back-to-back -back on Kershaw. Do you not remember that? And you also got to remember Howie Kendrick is not there no more either. Like, all these guys. Howie he, Kendrick. He, he, he hit the home run. I don't know how he managed to hit it to right field that way. But the point is, like, I think... Like it was an older team, offensively. It was an older team, and um, I don't know. Maybe it was more like a. I don't think it was a pitching rebuild. I think it's just like I get this offense back and running up again. I think that's what it is. So, I, I think uh, Soto's obviously a good start. What is he like? What is he like? Fifteen years old right now. I don't even know how old he is. He's super young, and um, and yeah. uh, they just signed yeah. Mr. National again. For a one-year contract, yeah, I don't yeah, think that's just, to make it more like a, here you go, have fun, retire after the season, and um, and I believe did I read that right? Isn't this last church last year on the contract under contract? I believe, so I think so. Is I'll it? have to double check. Um, and um, so Strasburg just got re-signed, so he's pretty much a national for life. Corbin, I forgot how many years he has left, but I believe sure is last year. Um, well, I'll tell you this: the Nationals have, have a good have, team, right? Their their offense needs help. Their offense needs help. They have, I mean, they still have, like you said, they have Soto, they have uh, Trey Turner, which is hugely underrated. Um, they have Victor Robles, which is still they're still waiting for him to perform the way he's supposed to. But I mean, you know, those never end up going so well. And um, they end up getting traded, and then that's when they start performing, which sucks for the team. But the point is, is that I think if it is Scherzer's last year and the Nationals don't do anything, and they're, they're going to tell right away. And halfway through the season, they're going to know if they make it to the playoffs or not. And, and that's then, when you know if then, the Nationals are ready like to I said, rebuild or not. Like I said, I believe last year under contract. And then just like I said earlier, all of a sudden, the Mets need that one pitcher, and all of a sudden, Scherzer's available, and then Scherzer goes to the Mets, and all of a sudden, we're talking something very incredible for the Mets right now. But you never know. That is crazy. That would be crazy. DeGrom, Scherzer, back-to-back. -back. Well, weren't they? 
it was it for the last five years it was either Scherzer to Grand Wayne and Cy Young. Now you put them in the same team. Hey, I don't know. I need to, I believe I need so. to look that up. Uh, Is it Scherzer's you know last I'm year? I'm going to literally Google it as we speak because I don't want to give false information. But I did overhear that. Uh, because Scherzer is still a top tier pitcher. I mean, he's one of those pitchers that started late in his career. Um, I think he was in his 30s when he started becoming the pitcher who he, that he is. Um, and and it's incredible. It's incredible. And if he does, how about a team like, Slade, let's say, the Mets, if they decide to go that route? That would be crazy. Not just the Mets. The Braves could pick him up. The Padres could pick him up. You know, so many teams that need it. Imagine he goes to the Yankees. That would be some crazy stuff. That's, that's changing. That's like a big altering um, acquisition for any specific team. You talk about the White Sox, the Blue Jays that are trying to make something for their teams. Like, it's crazy. Okay. So as I'm looking it, looking it up, right? <laughs> okay. So I got this article and then it says, Max Scherzer is in the final year of his contract. And he just put up his mansion in the market. I don't know. Hold on. Did he... Um... Did he? Does he have a like a team uh, option you know or player option? I don't know. I just know he's in the. Because he has, he has, if he has a team option, they're gonna take it. I, I doubt I don't know the team, if he has a team option, option or not. But according to that article, he's selling his mansion. <laughs> so maybe. Well, maybe, maybe he doesn't like it. Maybe he wants something bigger. Point is, he is final contract, final, final, sorry, final year on his current contract. I'm like, I don't want to say final contract, but um, all that I'm saying that. Uh, the part husky, part human pitcher is probably going to, for sure, for sure, sign somewhere. I don't know for how long, but maybe he stays with the Nationals. Maybe well, all of a sudden. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he, maybe he gets traded. Maybe he signs a new contract with the Nationals. Maybe, maybe he wants to stay with the Nationals for the rest of his career. Maybe an extension. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he is the free agent market, and that'll be crazy because he's, he's not, declining. not declining. So. He could. He he's probably gonna be like another Nolan Ryan. Think Maybe. about that. Nolan Ryan threw a no hitter in his age. What was it? Forty. Okay, actually, something five okay. season. Something very interesting um, that I saw on Netflix. If you look it up, I don't know if it's still there or not. It's called Fastball. And back in the okay. days, the the radars they were using were not like today's radars. They're very different. And sometimes people will say, oh, this guy's only throwing 88. But in reality, he's probably throwing like 95. But the problem is the radar for so not as good they are today that they didn't really pick up the 95. They picked up 88, 89. So what they started to do is figure out all these old timers. How hard did they really throw considering today's standards, right? Because it is, it is people throwing 95 is like average almost people pitchers are now for a fact throwing harder than they were before but the thing is is that back in the days people were throwing hard the one problem is it wasn't getting read correctly so they went through a bunch of pitchers right a bunch of pitchers and then they were going off the fastest fastball ever recorded right well the last person they went to was nolan ryan now i don't know if you remember nolan ryan has a crap load of strikeouts right the most strikeouts on mlb he had a bunch of no hitters complete games he's just literally blowing people away right or he's grabbing them in a headlock and punch them in the face but what i'm saying is i believe i have i saw this a while back but i believe that he was able to throw about 107 miles per hour now if somebody today through 107 miles per hour, the first thing that would come to my mind was like, this guy's gonna need Tommy John next year, right? And um, so what's very interesting to me is the fact that who in the world could hit 107 miles per hour back in the day? It's probably why he had so many complete games, so many strikeouts, so many um, no hitters per game. Like I'm talking about this, why he's pretty much one of the best pitchers of all time. It's the fact that this guy was throwing 107 miles per hour. Now, I don't think. I don't. I don't you know, think. Of course, he was that's what I was about to though. say. I don't think every pitch was 107 miles per hour. His arm would probably fell off. But the point is, I'm pretty sure that he was able to go that high, 
but I'm pretty sure as starters go, they hit a uh, a coast miles per hour. He was probably throwing about 100, 100, 100 back in the days. The bats were heavier back in the day, so for them to catch up to 100 miles per hour was almost impossible. Could some people do it? Sure. If you get the timing right, sure, they'll be able to hit it. But all of a sudden, it could just blow it up on you to 105, 106, 107. You're not going to catch up anymore. Boom, strikeout. So you should look it up. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. But that's where I saw it. it was a while back that it was called Fastball. And you were able to see all these people um, recording the Fastball. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up because uh, Nolan Ryan is actually, uh, I think he is the best pitcher to ever yes. pitch it's in just baseball ever. Not not because of not because of um, not because of like how he did specific seasons. I think just being able to do it for so long and so consistently, I think that's yeah. what makes him the best pitcher. Being able to do it so long, I, I think. But I mean, if we go based off stats, you know, we can always find a pitcher that in these three years who had the best three years in their career. Then obviously it changes. But I, I to me, he's one of the better pitchers. But anyways. This was a very good conversation. This was a very good episode. Again, this is Pine Tar Nation with your host, Gonzo, co-host, Ricky V. You know, follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram. Uh, what's uh, Instagram? Pine Tar Pod on Instagram. Use the hashtag PTN and um, follow us. You can uh, give us a, a direct message, DM of any questions that you may have. If you wanted to talk about something on the podcast, DM us anytime. Um, obviously, today was the first one. Uh, we will be literally only stuck to the National League. Most likely, next podcast, we're going to talk about the American League side. But if you have anything, DM us, feel free, follow us. That way we can get uh, our voice heard, I guess, about this subject, about baseball. So, yeah, give us a follow. Yeah, I think that's a really good, um, interesting conversation to bring up is the fact that um, we want to talk about what you guys comment. You know, I think we'll bring it up almost every single every single podcast. Um, we'll bring up your guys' subjects. It gives us more things to talk about as well because we f- we talk freely. We don't have a computer open with with you know baseball stats or anything like that. We're talking off the top of our heads what we think we know, what we we think will happen, because at the end of the day, no one knows what's going to happen in baseball. If you give me one analytic guy on ESPN, I don't care what they say. They don't understand. They don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen because it's baseball, and that's why we love this sport, because no one understands what's going to happen. You can have the best team and the worst team, and the worst team wins. That's just what baseball is, and that's what we're here to do. We're Pine Tar Nation. We out.